All right. Da, 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 da. That was our opening. <laughs> welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the Eric and Evan Go to the Movies podcast. I'm Evan, and I'm Eric. And today we are watching what Eric? We're watching a great Coen Brothers movie called Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona, starring Nicolas Cage, Holly Hunter, John Goodman, and Randall Tex Cobb. <laughs> Eric, do you know where Randall Tex Cobb is famous for? No, the name doesn't even sound familiar. It really doesn't ring any bells to me, but he apparently was a cage fighter or wrestler and uh, an actor. But I recognize him from, did you ever see Ace Ventura? Oh, he's the dude! Yeah, he was the guy. He he, he kidnapped his ex-wife's dog. I remember. (laughs) That's where I recognize him from. Yeah, I, I think he had a uh, a much more significant role in this one than he did in. Uh, than he, yeah, he's he did the guy that opened the door. Ace Ventura. What's this? Sounds broken. <laughs> Most likely, sir. Son of a. That's a movie. That's yeah, a movie that so, deserved yeah. a, like a better sequel, in my opinion. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, alrighty, let's go ahead and jump right on into it. Again, this is a Coen Brothers movie. I love the Coen Brothers movies; they always do. Generally, pretty solid. Uh, you have a favorite Coen Brothers movie? Ooh, Big Lebowski always comes to mind. That, They've yeah, done definitely so one. many movies; it's ridiculous oh. at this point. Like, there's so many movies they do that you don't even know. Yeah. Hmm. Um. They yeah, Hail, was, okay, uh, so Hail Caesar, I will say, uh, is not one of their better movies. That's not one of their better movies, but there are moments in that movie. I tried. Well, I couldn't, that was one of the few I couldn't do. Other than that, you know. But True Grit is such a contrast from like other stuff they do. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That was pretty funny. That was entertaining. Th- that was entertaining. Uh, whatever mood you're in, that just kind of goes through all the weird emotions. Um. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, especially the first one, the first, the first you know, yeah. story. <laughs> they don't ever tie, I kept expecting them to tie in and they never did. No, yeah, I, there's just a good couple of stories. Um, uh, oh, Brother Out, though. Yeah. That movie's funny. So what would you say is your tops, though? Out of all of them, honestly, you can't go wrong with The Big Lebowski. That one's, you can watch that one. On repeat. Test on your room. That, I don't ever get bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's and like there's like every element. But what I really love about the Coen Brothers is like they always every movie they usually do is in a different region of the world, or like of the United States. And it it, it seems like it's over the top. But when you talk to people, you're like, yeah, I can see that definitely happened in this area. Like for Texas. It was No Country for Old Men, and it's maybe a little over the top with the whole drug cartel war. For the eighties, like that's the small town violence. I mean, that's there's no doubt that could have happened somewhere. It's possible, yeah. Sugar. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty possible. So that (laughs) that was, yeah. I was like, okay, so maybe Arizona people act. Maybe, dude, he is. 
in this movie he's he's great like i love his acting because he does it so because it's it's not even like he's trying to be funny it's like that's how i'd be in that situation oh nick cage (laughs) jumping right into it though uh you basically see yeah uh Nicholas Cage as High McDonough, H.I., get tossed in front of the mugshot board. And that's the, he basically narrates that's the first time I ever laid Edwina. eyes on her. He's talking about Edwina. Because that's the proper way to say it. It's What's her last name again? Edwina. They call her Edwina. Edwick is his first time he lays eyes on Ed. Yes. Uh, for fun fact, called, called our dear mother this week. And asked her, because her we've always known as Edwina as her first name. But she says no. Uh, well, that's actually the proper way to say it is Edwina. But a lot of people, may, basically the redneck half of our family, call it Edwina. So that it's yeah. So that's kind of an interesting Arizona, I guess, motif or whatever you want to call it. Edwina in Arizona. Ah, so that's them. He's Nicholas Cage is introduced to uh, Holly Hunter, and immediately he's in love with her. But Nicholas Cage is, you know, getting thrown in prison for some kind of robbery or crime. And life in prison at first is kind of, you know, he walks by the guy who's mopping and they growl at each other or, or whatever. But Nicholas Cage's hair, the Woody Woodpecker hair, this is famous actually, <laughs> according to Ethan Cohen. Nicolas Cage wanted to do the Woody Woodpecker haircut because it the hair also reacted to H.I.'s stress level. Yeah. Like, the more that I, you watch it and notice it, each time he's going, like, to rob something or he's doing something stupid, his hair is just... Oh, that makes sense. I mean, I always noticed that, yeah, at a specific time, like, it'd be like he'd do his hair and stuff like that, and then, like, sometimes... It'd still be all peacock. Nice. Yeah, and he did that on purpose. But, uh, again, you take a look at Nicolas Cage's character as getting his mugshot, and he's Woody Woodpecker hair. He's got the goofy redneck mustache. He's got the whole Hawaiian shirt, um, and he's got a Woody Woodpecker tattoo on his right arm, right bicep. So there's a theory in that Woody Woodpecker tattoo. Mm-hmm. That he got it and he's a pecker wood, because he because that's that's what because he's got it as a prison tattoo, because that's mm-hmm. like one of their symbols apparently, but there's theories that like that's part of his backstory. That he's a he was like in a prison gang to like make it, and it's like he never associates yeah. with the black dude in the entire movie except to like the two times in prison, and so there's like this whole theory that like he's like this hardened criminal that like. <clears throat> wasn't a gang and he's trying to turn it straight like there's a whole like deeper meaning to like some of the little things okay i can kind of see that oh uh, at least i i got my own little theory on it but uh during his first stay incarceration at least in the movie he's that group and they got the goofy looking counselor and <laughs> he looks at the black dude and goes why again do you say you have menstrual cycles <laughs> <laughs> such a big scary looking dude you're not a woman yeah you're not a woman <laughs> <laughs> he's like sometimes i feel like a woman uh, 
and then the reoccurring good old Nicolas Cage. It's kind of a montage in a way, but next up, he's on parole, and he convinces them that he's ready to parole, but then immediately after being paroled, Ronald Reagan's in office, and he's making it difficult for him to make a living, so he gets out of his, like, nice little car and uh, pumps a shotgun, his hair's all over the place, robs a convenience store. And yeah. this always reminds me but of those, this like, is, That's Florida what's man. interesting, is he says that he ne- the shotgun's not loaded. Like he never he never holds up anybody with a shotgun or with a loaded gun because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. He brings that up in his parole meetings. <laughs> well, I didn't really want to hurt anybody, and I love how when he's narrating, he's always like making like similes and stuff like that or comparisons. Like, well, Ed, you, why so are you si- sadder than a? I don't know, like a. Like a turtle in the sea or something like that. <laughs> Upset because her fiance left her. Her fiance. They talk very southern. Yeah, they talk. But I guess they're like, Tim P back then was like in the middle of BFE. Like that was being out in like Plainview or something like that. I did find it weird that they're in Arizona, yet they talk like. Just a little town. A little <laughs> yeah. So just real lazy conversations. I mean, I know, I know we have like accents. I like to think that we don't. But... Ah, we don't have a heavy one, <laughs> luckily. There's sometimes. Well, after he uh, finds out that uh, Ed, his girlfriend, or not girlfriend, uh, is single, he's uh, basically inviting her to her house and threatening her ex-boyfriend. But he goes, "I'm gonna come after you. You tell him I'm coming." <laughs> <laughs> but. Goes back to prison, same thing, goes to counseling, except this time we are introduced to John Goodman as Gail Snotes and William Forsythe as Evel Snotes, two brothers who are prison buddies with Nicolas Cage as High McDonough. I love John Goodman. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite John Goodman movie? Favorite John Goodman movie? <laughs> Clo- Cloverfield? <laughs> so off character. Like, why are you in a horror movie, John Goodman? That's not what you do. You know what you do. <laughs> it's amazing what you do. Get back to it. <laughs> Big Lebowski. I think his character in Big Lebowski is my favorite. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> this is why you stranger than you. what happened? That dude runs a... <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> uh, William Forsyth. You know who William sounds Forsyth familiar. is? Sounds familiar. Forsyth sounds very. Familiar. I only know him in. Uh, I only know him in. I think he's horror, done a horror. lot of horror movies after this, and probably a lot of voice <laughs> acting roles. Horror, horror, yeah, horror movies. Yes, horror. Uh, <laughs> One in particular uh, oh. is Dear Mr. Gacy. Did you ever see Dear Mr. Gacy? Yeah. I'm going to guess it's about John Wayne Gacy in some way. Yeah, I know who it's about. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I, some it wasn't about, it was like, down the street. Okay. Down the street. It's Mr. Gacy. <laughs> no, no. It was like uh, some college kid. And it's a true story too, but some college kid, I guess, just wanted to write letters to these serial killers as like a, as like a college project. And see, so he wrote back. Yeah, and John Gacy wrote back and like sent him paintings and actually flew the kid to meet him in prison, 
and gave him like a very exclusive interview or whatever. I'm not going to lie, that would be really cool, but like really creepy at the same time. Well, that was the thing. And it, like what happened apparently happened in real life. The guards like thought it was like, because like John Gacy was really cool with like the detention officers mm-hmm. there. So he got like probably a lot more freedom than most because he was always like, you know, a good, probably a good person in prison. Because he was probably just nice. He's like, well, I did a lot of horrible shit, so I'm just going to yeah. be nice now. Yeah, I don't he's get like my a ass deep. So they, they, I, I don't know how they do it, but they left him in the room with the kid. And they were supposed to be watching him on video camera. Apparently, they got real lackadaisical. And then, like, John Wesley basically pinned him up against, a, like, a wall. And it was, like... It almost got bad. Yeah, exactly. And I, like, I don't fucking know who goes that far for, like, a college fucking... I'm fine with like... the C. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting degrees, man. I... I mean, if I was getting paid, yeah, that's one thing. But you did that for an A, like, whoo! <laughs> I wrote my letters. That's the extent. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go to that. I'm getting an exclusive interview, but I mean, but to go eye to eye with a serial killer, oh, like, yeah. to somebody um, of that level of serial killer, like that would be an experience. Because like those people aren't on the same level of normal everyday and they're people. Extremely manipulative. Yeah, those but, dudes. Yeah, are, I would do it. They're dark. They have an inner darkness that you can feel, like I imagine. <laughs> and I, I do it for a fucking like book deal. Yeah. Like, if I, okay, yeah, I'm let's not do writing it. a college paper. If like, <laughs> I hope it was a one page essay. <laughs> <Just, laughs> like, like, hey, uh, what, this one is page essay, double like, space. What the fuck do you mean this is a B? Here's a shitty writer. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> his, his, his grammar was bad, but like it. The it's like a sad story too because the book is called like the last victim. He was like John Wayne John Wayne Gacy's last victim, and then like he killed himself like Jesus. six years later. And it was like all oh, that for a fucking a. I'm telling you, <laughs> see that darkness. You get it, you meet it, and it gets yes. in you, and you just wow. That's just so crazy. He got him. He really got him. Yeah, um, <laughs> back into uh, raising Arizona. <laughs> um, back to the movie. Good old uh, Nick Cage is uh, in prison, and he's got a bunk buddy who has a picture of John F. Kennedy. Picture of JFK. JFK. Did you ever see that? It's, that's that's a Cohen brothers. No, I thing, never man. noticed. I'm down. <laughs> There's a picture of JFK right next to his bed. Immediately after that scene, uh, Nick Cage is back in parole. And they're basically like, are you a changed man? Yes, sir. Are you sure, sir? You're not just telling us that, are you? No, sir. We just want you to tell us the truth. Well, then I am just telling you what you want to hear, sir. <laughs> I love that scene. And then he basically gets paroled and immediately goes and uh, robs another convenience store. So after Ed gets uh, booked again, this time he's uh, being fingerprinted by Ed. And uh, this time he puts a lovely 50 cent ring on he her finger. He bought it, though. <laughs> I but that. he bought it. He did not steal it. He bought it. And uh, he goes back to prison yet again. This time he has fallen in love with it. He officially admits that he's fallen for her. And when he goes to the parole board, he basically being honest, he wants to go marry Ed. So he gets out and as hillbilly as could be, puts on the 
goofy looking suit, walks into the police department, goes to Ed. And says hi to his friend while he's in He's like, hey, Ben. Whatever his, for his name was. So, <laughs> so, Ned, I just want to propose to you. <laughs> now, given, given, that was a lot to say, but as in the movie, we're only six minutes Yeah, this is just a big montage point. of like what's gonna what's happening in this world. Yeah. Of what what's what's getting them to that point. And you do see that they love each other, but I also like how at the wedding, half of the audiences for Ed's side are all police officers and the other half a bunch of fucking white trash. Yeah. Like they're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> all right. So moving along though, good old, uh, good old H I McDonough. He goes straight and he gets a job at a steel business, a grinding business where he punches hole in sheet metal. And he works with a, pretty obnoxious guy who doesn't put any work or effort into anything. He talks to his friend uh, about Ed. You know what? He's Ed also Williams? No, Ed, Ed Craig. He... <laughs> <laughs> or Bill. It was like Bill Crocker or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Bill Crocker. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Bill Stevens. No, not Bill Stevens. I'm Bill Crocker. Like, God, dude. He's <laughs> obnoxious. Good. Ed wants to uh, make a baby. So they have a lot of relations. You don't see it. You just... There's a montage over the whole thing. But Ed is so obsessed over having a baby, she's putting pictures up against the wall. She's ready. Dude, that's creepy that she does an entire wall. Oh, Holly Hunter's pictures. very good in this movie, like, but her character is actually really creepy. Yeah, that's psycho. Like, wow, you put up an entire <laughs> wall of baby photos, and you don't have a baby. They're just babies. Like, oh, random babies. It's kind of, kind of weird. And they go to a gynecologist. The gynecologist lets Nick Cage know that Holly Hunter is a baron, but he's got this smile on his face the whole time. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah. up, bro. <laughs> and she's just bawling her eyes out. He's just like, okay, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So then they go try to adopt a kid, but uh, great line in the movie, too. As uh, <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know uh, Hot H.I. here has a checkered past. <laughs> <laughs> and he, his argument is well she's a decorated police officer three times so we thought we'd fall about even there <laughs> yeah it's like page after page of conviction <laughs> <laughs> so they are denied nope. trying to adopt a kid which finally brings us to the point of what's going on because ed is depressed she no longer Wants to be a cop anymore. She quits. The house is going to crap. H.I. is uh, hating his job more and finds himself driving by convenience stores that aren't on the way home. He just wants to commit a crime. He doesn't like family life. <laughs> or he doesn't like he doesn't like the depression at the house. But a miracle happens. That's part of my theory is that he's trying to go back to prison the whole but like that's he's he's a prison guy. He just wants to keep going back to prison because that's all he knows. That's why he does stick ups and gets caught in like the worst possible ways. And I think that's what he's. Okay. It's one of my theories on like the character. <clears throat> he's one of those like I'm okay. going back to prison because that's why I want to be. He's getting caught on purpose. I float that idea. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> stop. Think about it. Good old uh, a miracle happens. I see. Nathan, Arizona, owner of Ain't Unpainted Arizona. The largest unpainted warehouse. 
<laughs> furniture, boudoir, bathrooms, all of Arizona, all of Tempe, Arizona. And it's discovered and found out that Nathan Arizona's wife, who couldn't have kids for years, tried some drugs, and now they got five kids. So an idea is struck. During that during that montage, though, there's that really good scene where uh, Nick Cage is waiting by the newspaper scene, and the guy goes by, buys the newspaper. Yeah, that's and so he, gra- he grabs the door. He grabs the little thing. <laughs> grabs the door. I love it. So H.I. and Ed McDonough decide that they're going to kidnap one of those babies, and thus ends the part of the salad days as told by H.I. McDonough. And we are finally, at this moment, hitting the credits at 10 minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of juxtapositioning at the beginning. They run you through a lot. They run you through a lot up into this point. But it's a perfect catch-up to like understand the characters. Yeah, and that, that I call that pretty much part one. Um I've been to Arizona. I don't really remember a lot of it, but it I kinda I always liked the, the deserty look of it and I wouldn't fucking live there, but I guess traveling through it. Yeah, kinda cool. I mean I can deal with the heat. I like heat. I don't like cold. I remember it being really fucking hot. It's now. like hundred and fifteen degrees every day. Like we're in Texas. No dude. trees, no shade, no yeah. no breeze. Like Yeah, you could hide in Texas if you had to. I don't think you could fucking hide in Arizona. <laughs> Seguro cactus. Dude. Yeah, go ahead and stunt, sit <laughs> under that. I stand just right. The sun only half hits me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Mm, now nah, I'll pass. After the, after the beginning credits, we roll right on to, and Nathan, Arizona, is pissed. And this house is, like, ridiculously decorated. And, again, this is, like, Coen Brothers style. Kind of weird, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I've, I've seen something like that. I can believe it. It's just Yeah, it's, up, it's you know, all exaggerated. Like, yeah, but it's 8.45 at night, and it is on a Wednesday, and while they're downstairs, the babies are upstairs with H.I. McDonough. <laughs> entertaining babies. And the Quints are in a, you know, one giant crib, and the whole thing is just completely designed horrible, because these kids are, like, getting out of bed. And it's not safe. Yeah. You have this weird scene where Nicolas Cage is chasing babies. (laughs) Like, trying to keep them quiet. I thought he was trying to, like, figure out which one he wanted. But then he makes the excuse that he's like, I was trying to keep them quiet. They wouldn't be. Yeah. Like, I think that's what he was checking. But I, it's not really played up like that. But he's just this creeper. And if you're looking for, you know, Nicolas Cage's best acting job, this, this may be pretty, one of them. This is a pretty good one. The baby book. Yeah, because they have an instruction manual for the book, for the kid. Yes. And, yeah, and he makes sure he grabs that before he leaves. Once he finally... Again, he's still chasing them for a while. He's chasing these little brats all over the place for a while. And finally, the mother... You know, is alarmed by the noise the babies are making. As she's going up the hallway, did you notice the wallpaper in the hallway too? No. I, I'm sorry. I think the house <laughs> is really interesting. Apparently. <laughs> like, it's like the scenic view Did you view actually watch the movie? You just stared all this shit in the background the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's cool. It's like the, it's such an 80s or 70s like style home. Well, it's, it's year so 1980, strange, I think, right? is the year it's supposed to be in. 
or like early, early yeah, because okay. the movie came out in 86, 86 or 87. So yeah, no, it's like early 80s. I thought it was 89. Well, uh, I think this is bring up a good time to bring a fun fact here. Nicolas Cage actually says he enjoys working with the Conans. It's just, it's their way or the highway. They've got a vision. But the, they have a vision, but the Coens retorted and said, I can understand why he sees it because he did come up, he would come to set with different ideas for each take. And it just so happened that all those ideas were cut from the final film. And that's why Nicolas Cage probably was a little hurt by that. But at the same time, they said... We would rather have someone like Nick Cage who comes in with inspiration. Someone that cares about the movie. Yeah, instead of someone you have to kickstart their imagination. Someone that's like, no, you've given me the lines and I understand the character. I've got this. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So when, you know, you have someone who's like, oh, all Nick Cage does nowadays are shitty B movies. Like, no, it's because he's finally found a place where like he's like can express his like acting ability. And that's good for him. Hey, dude, I, I enjoy that's, the fun. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's making tons and tons of bad movies. It's like, they're all entertaining. I, no, I was just, I was like, I, as far as, I'm like, he's done so many crazy movies. There's not really any that I'm like, that's that's the worst. They're all entertaining in their own right. In their own right. I think the shittiest fucking movie he did was... Um, Which like, movie? In the era, because it was like after yeah. Weaker Man. Which- <laughs> like he did like he did Ghost Rider, but after after Wicker Man. Remember the bees the silly horror movie he was involved in. I don't in. not remember that. Like he dresses up like a bear at one point and socks the fuck out of some old lady. <laughs> you have to watch that one. Put it on your list. Put it on your list. <laughs> But after he did that one, he did Ghost Rider next. And then, like, from then on, his career just became crap movie, crap movie, crap movie in at the time. And it, he, because he did a string of just really low budget, like, <laughs> over the top movies. And one of them was called The Season of the Witch. And I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> and it's not him. It's like Ron Perlman. I mean, his his movies like span the gamut of like fucking CGI. Golly, yeah, dude, he is so shit. much. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. Has he done a western? He did Kick Ass. Oh, like that's God. the movie you wouldn't expect him. Oh, to be. I like Kick Ass. The first one. But you wouldn't expect him to be in it. Like yeah. that's to see him. I was like, well, okay. I was like, that's kind of. Yeah, he's like, he's my favorite part in that movie. Uh, and the movie, the first one's really good. I can't, I hadn't seen the second one mostly because Jim Carrey was like so ecstatic to do it. And then after he did it, like he immediately like tried to I'm back a, out of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm against violence, and it was like, then why did you go through all this fucking? And like, he damaged the movie like publicly because he didn't do like the PR work, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like then you shouldn't have done it in the first place. It's I mean, Imagination you, Land, guy. There was a first movie, so you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. So they, like, they just, I don't know. Do changed. I'm going to have to edit that in case I ever run in Jim Carrey. But... Anytime there's anything bad about anybody I like, I'm going to have to edit that out. <laughs> no, I, I can't even say I really like him either. Like, No, he's funny. I always thought his movies are always really entertaining. All of them, just about. He, he's, he's almost on Nick Cagean level. It's not as many. It's just the way he like. like he does not like Nick Cage. Is like it's you just, get like seven movies a year from him. Oh, easily. <laughs> what did you get? Like, 
you get you get two a year from Jim Carrey, and they're always like really weird. It's every now and then he comes back out and he does like a, a genius bit when you're reminded, like, oh yeah, Jim Carrey's a thing. <laughs> he has some really weird twenty three. Mm. Really weird so to see him in that role. The Truman Show was great. I, uh, first time I saw it, I hated it so much. Have you ever seen "I Love You, Philip Morris"? Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's one. actually that's that a was another movie. one that was like, no, it doesn't make any sense that he's in that. And freaking uh, uh, Will Arnett, my favorite Batman, like. And Philip Morris. Oh yeah, 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 Will yeah, yeah. He's in that. My bad. Yeah, it's him and Will Arnett. Those no, are the two. you and McGregor. Is it you? No, Will Arnett's in a different. No, you're. One. Let's thinking, go to prison. Is uh, Will Arnett? Thinking. That one's funny yeah. too. Sorry, I get those two movies blended together. I never thought that movie would be that funny, and then I actually watched it. I was but like, yeah, you and McGregor. That was two movie. people in a movie you just like... I never saw a trailer for it, never knew anything about it. I just saw who was in it, and I was like, I gotta watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, knocked it out of the park. That is a great movie, and they didn't get any awards for that shit. I don't think it was... Ad- I think it was like a straight-to-DVD release or like a limited theater or something, because it did not... never heard of it. I don't remember it well, at all. I remember seeing the trailer and it got held back for some reason. I can't remember why. I have no idea, but like the real story behind it is like hilarious. <laughs> All right. So after the first failed baby kidnapping, uh, Nick Cage just goes back to Ed and is like, I'm sorry, honey. I, I really screwed up. Let's get out of here. And she basically rolls the window up and says, uh, go back in there and get me another baby. Quite, yeah, quite adamant. Like, you're getting me a baby. Like, I ain't leaving here without a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and she's so, like, two-faced about it, too. She makes him steal the baby. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Because after he goes back in there, grabs Nathan Jr., which is one of the babies, brings her back, and then as they're driving away, she's like, you think this yeah. is right? You think this is okay? Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> Nick... Nick Cage reminds her, and just, uh, oh yeah, baby. Uh, we already said she. Yeah, more oh, than <laughs> Yeah, I love him so. She has this breakdown. It's great. It just her break. And then honestly, he, Nick Cage it, is like a. It's like a B movie, but it totally the whole thing. It's just it's directed and acted so well and presented so well that. It makes it into an A yes, movie, sir. and then because Nick Cage keeps, it gets the, I think it's the best one. I got, the, I think I got the best one. It's the best one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I got the best one there was, honey. He's so obsessed <laughs> with it being the best I one. Love him so, I love him so much. <laughs> uh, they hurry up, and uh, Nick Cage does a rush job of cleaning up the house, but he always makes sure that he grabbed his Playboy and stuck it under. What was the, the bed, first thing he threw sure under the bed? Oh, I God. watched it three times it? trying to watch. It's so, it's off camera. He takes something, grabs it, throws it under his pillow, and then he grabs his Playboy, throws it under the bed. Oh, he grabs like a panties or something like that. I think. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was the Playboy was the one that he had to make sure. That's what I was like. Yeah, he pulls it back out. That's what I was so confused. I, yeah. And I, I think because of who he is, he probably just made sure they were on ads. But it's not like yeah. the baby's going to lift up a mattress. Again, they can morals it. <laughs> and, and they just, they bring this child home like it's just like an adopted child. It's their baby. And it's like, you committed a bad it's felony. Not <laughs> Just... <laughs> 
Yeah. None of that was important. But the idea they have a banner that says "Welcome Home, Son." Oh, it, it, yeah, it was it was solid. It was definitely solid. That they uh they do a family photo, and uh, hold on. Well, the best part is the two hours. He's when he's talking about the TV, and he's showing Nathan around the house. And he goes, this here, Nathan. He's like, this is where we grub down. See here, Nathan, this is our TV. Yeah. Two hours a day, either educational or football, because I want you to grow up cultured. <laughs> yes, that was a good scene. And then that's when they took Oh, so, the, you can, so you can appreciate the finer things. That's what he said. <laughs> so you can appreciate the finer things. <laughs> Two hours of education or football, so you can appreciate the finer things. <laughs> Uh, they take the family photo and it comes out to be. It's one of, again. This is a pretty high stress situation because Nick Cage's hair is. Yeah, because she starts. You know, are you gonna, you gonna help, right? And like the whole weight of the whole situation, and like it's a family now. Now you have a kid. Am I the only one that misses <laughs> cameras that look like that? I mean, I every time I like you know go to like an event or something like that, I always make sure I go to like CVS and buy like a, a disposable camera, just because it's fun just to just sit there, the and sh- 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 click, sh- 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 click. Yeah, I just I never <laughs> get them developed or anything. I always like put them in the trash. <laughs> but everybody, it's always a good like conversation like, yeah. builder. <laughs> I live in the nineties still. Whoa, yeah, is I'm thirty years old. Disposable camera. Yeah, don't. You, don't you have like a you have a you know you have an Android? No, you put your Nokia with that. Like that's what you fun. need. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work for this photo. Yeah, it better be good because I only got twenty four. I'm not wasting no film on some bullshit. <laughs> Get down to the last picture. Uh, yeah, you just you always just place them somewhere, and you always have to put yeah, and you like and yeah. you know to be fun, you always like take some very creepy oh. photos, oh, wow. you know, just to like. Uh, some college girl like walking away or something <laughs> well just like just throw them in there because so when they do get because if somebody like actually develops them you know then they're like oh crap i found a serial killer's camera and then they try to piece together and then guess what eric you have a thriller movie in the making right fucking there <laughs> and the whole time i set it up with a bunch of fucking disposable cameras <laughs> <laughs> you know throw some ketchup on a knife and just take a photo of it and just like like your shoe in the background, it's like, oh my god, there's the foot. Zodiac Killing. nobody. <laughs> you Zodiac. See how many times <laughs> you get the FBI <laughs> called on you while dropping off your photos at the CVS? <laughs> Every time you show up in a hoodie and sunglasses, <laughs> just drop it off and see if it makes <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think it could go? You think you could do it, what, two, three times at I'm least? something here. <laughs> I mean, if the kid's young enough to developing them, he ain't going to give a shit. He's going to let them go for months. Know, I just, be fun. This guy's probably <laughs> killing people, but I don't get paid minimum. I'm not, <laughs> not doing any extra work here. Uh, <laughs> what, what is going on here? Yeah, exactly. I, you know, fucking CVS wouldn't even be fun about it either. <laughs> They'd report then you. Then you get to explain to the cops like, oh, it's just made up. They're just dumb. <laughs> They're just dumb. <laughs> I just wanted to fuck with them. In my, I just want to see yeah, my tax dollars take it. work. I took your wages here. <laughs> yeah, because you got to have pictures of license plates from like other other states so that the FBI <laughs> has to get involved. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, keep it local because it'll just be state. You need the FBI to come in. <laughs> yeah, you, you just got to get like a little like bit a, of a license. Oh, yeah, the tailgate this is, looks like, is like the is best. This, okay, that's a Utah. <laughs> we have license plate forensics on it. <laughs> and then like... Like, if you just happen to follow some chick around a bar or something like that, keep taking pictures of her. It just like, so they're like, oh, that's his next victim. But then, the like, long running joke. She catches you. Like, Why are you months. taking pictures of me? No, no, no. You don't. I'm understand. waiting on the it's FBI. It's just a joke. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey. I, I mean, it's not that I don't. Doing it for the memes. Okay. Do. It's just. I'm doing it for the like, memes. The joke's like more important. <laughs> <laughs> The evening of the kidnapping. Back to the movie. <laughs> so the evening of the kidnapping, uh, John Goodman and William Forsythe, Evel and Gale, make their escape by shawshanking <laughs> out <laughs> of prison. <laughs> Which, I'm, wait, is this where Stephen King yeah, got... No, the book had a gun before. He said hope. <laughs> <laughs> I he hope. even hits the I, suit. That would ruin I one good-ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like it. And I'm just like, no, oh, shit. no fucking Not to look way into I stole it. this from this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, after John Goodman, you know, oh, he pulls his brother up by his feet. Through the ground. <laughs> oh, that was great. They head to a nearby convenience store bathroom. Dude, put on a they are scooping that pomade out. Hair product. They look like greasers, John, dude. They look John like greasers from like the 70s. Because that window used to walk around town yeah, to look like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I love, love John Goodman. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that very night, they did the kidnapping. Ed and Hi are asleep on each other, watching the babies roll around and sleep. Again, this baby has no idea what's going on. Pounding on the door, John Gooden's at the door. And, uh, well, Ed is not happy about this because the boys, who just escaped from prison, want to stay there. Again, they've kidnapped a kid. They escaped from yeah, prison. Yeah, that's whatever. And it's all cool, I guess. <laughs> it's whatever. I love it. But they, I like how yeah, excuse just for just didn't anything off us. So you know. We let ourselves on our, we let ourselves out on our own recognizance. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yes>, was yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I quit my job this week, wife. Uh, I had nothing else to offer me, <laughs> so I so I quit under my own car. <laughs> oh God! Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, Holly Hunter's still not happy about the these ex convicts like, escaping prison and wanting to stay at her house because they also smell like shit. Yeah, because, they're just you know, they just sitting there all the nasty. <laughs> they just sit on their couch but it's it's also funny how john goodman like leans over and is like yeah he just keeps egging him on the whole in this relationship 
Like it, it, like easily, easily. Hi is completely just, just trying to please especially everybody, especially because his friend's being an ass. <laughs> yeah, so he makes the deal. Like, hey, they're just gonna stay for a few days. But that night, finally, Hi gets some sleep, and through his dreams, he <laughs> dreams that Ghost Rider, scary looking dude. <laughs> Burst through hell. <laughs> this bounty hunter played by Randall Tex Cobb. And this is where my theory, not really my theory, I was doing my research. This is, I can kind of agree to this if you look at it a couple of ways. This is either Mrs. Arizona's manifestation, but it just so happens that Nicolas Cage is dreaming about this, or because Nicolas Cage, he's probably suppresses like, evil his bad side so much that what came out through his conscience was this psycho dude he leonard smalls bad ghost he pulled by the flower and it catches on (laughs) fire and he's like grenades the bunny (laughs) yeah and he's got the double barrel shotguns the ash style shotgun shoots a lizard off a fucking rock He's like, yeah, he looks like he's mad. Yeah, it's like Mad Max today. (laughs) Yeah. And this movie is just everywhere. But as he drives by Mrs. Arizona's house, that camera shot where it goes over the wall or in like a tricycle and over some cars and it goes right up a window. Where the baby's missing. Do you remember that shot where it goes all the way up to Mrs. Arizona? Do you? No. Do you you ever see the first? I've never seen them. You've never seen the first Evil Dead. I own them on Blu-ray. You've seen Evil Dead. Wow. Okay. Well, there's a creature in the Evil Dead series. That is the camera. Sam Raimi shot it, and it basically, you know, it chases Ash, and it's like a point of view type thing as Ash is running through, like, the cabin and stuff like that. So it's a character unto itself. It's really never explained as to what it is. That camera shot, Ethan Cohen, I believe, was... No, I think it was Joel. Joel Cohen. Like, his first, like, editing job or something like that was the original... Where it looks like he's driving the motorcycle all the way through the movie. And probably Sam. And, like, up the ladder into the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he did... Yeah, that's the shot. So he recreated that shot, which is really cool because I always feel like Sam Raimi never gets, like, the due he deserves in a way. But uh, he dreams about that. Next morning, obviously, uh, because he's like this Bart Raker. Right. Nathan Arizona. Nathan Arizona is giving an interview to the press. <laughs> one of the one of the reporters asked, yeah. uh, you what about the rumors that uh, your kid was kidnapped by aliens? Poor your son's dug by a UFO. <laughs> if you do, she'll lose all hope. Like, how dumb is your wife? Son, don't report that. Dude. <laughs> Let's say post that, and she'd just be like, oh, he did get abducted. Bye. I guess he's gone forever. But he stays He stays in Tempe, Arizona, while his wife takes the other kids away. The cops are wanting to fingerprint him. He's like, no, I ain't no suspect. And then the FBI is trying to interview him. And the cops, the Tempe, Arizona, the back and cops forth are trying to interview him. And it's just this constant, like, <laughs> who's... 
Yeah. And they're just asking him rapid fire questions right after he answers another one. The next cop (laughs) asks him a question. Yeah. I'd be a little pissed. And given like this, this, you would think, you think his characterization would be totally like, oh, whatever, you know, we have four more, but no, he's actually missing his kids. So that's, that's different. That's cool, I guess. Also, across the state, or the town, whatever, wherever the prison is, our motorcycle guy, Leonard Smalls, who hasn't officially technically given his name yet, but because I know it, I'm going to say it, he's investigating the convict's escape, Gale and Evel. And he tracks down their palm made. That's just what, like, that's again over the top. And all he needed was a whiff. (laughs) There's no way that's a real dude, but, like, he's just such a badass bounty hunter criminal that he can just. He's dog the bounty hunter before there was dog the bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. that's such such a weird character. (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, I still. This still film almost falls into like <laughs> yeah. you could believe it. <laughs> Not the fire and like you know the you know what I mean where he's like lighting the flower yeah. up and whatever. But that was in a dream, so it's like yeah, he just happens to have a dream of this person, so I could believe it. <laughs> just an over the top version of the true story. Uh, next morning. The boys are enjoying some delicious flakes, which they compliment. They love Ed on. Are they frosted flakes well, or corn is, flakes? Yeah, well, I think they're corn flakes because they take like scoops okay. of sugar. Because I was like, it. but I, I was like, if you it's never corn know. flakes. I, I that was those are disgusting. Frosted flakes are tolerable. Those are absolutely disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> life, life is a cheese cereal. I was thing. like, this took a dark turn. Life, okay, <laughs> cereal, very different. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've had you've had life, man. That, I thought you were talking about life in word. general. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, no, I've never had life. I uh, I assume uh, it sucks. So I never, t- well, never had it. Yeah, I never ate it. Mom used to get. I don't know who ate it. I never did. something like that. They fucking suck. I think she tried to make us eat healthy, and yeah, I just refused. I had it once, and that's all I need to know. It's garbage. Right, that's you know what. Uh, even yeah. when you go through like a healthy phase, you know for a fact you eat sugared like flavored cereal. I got some cinnamon toast. Because plain cereal sucks. Period. <laughs> Darn right. Good old uh, H.I. asked the boys to take a leave for a few hours while Francis McDonald, Sam McMurray, a Francis Mc- McDormand. That's her name. She's a great actress. Yeah, and I think it's funny when they arrive and they're like, "Hey, where are the kids?" And they're yeah, just beating the hell. Dude, they have zero control over their children. <laughs> uh, and Glenn's kind of a little prick, to be honest with you, because the kids, he's letting the shit. kids destroy Hi's house. Eric, here comes a question: If you invite someone over your house and they bring a whole bunch of kids, <laughs> I'm exempt because I have one kid and she's awesome. But if someone brings a whole bunch of kids to your house and they start trashing Most it, definitely. Like, I don't know how you just let those kids like like beat the hell out of his to. car. <laughs> doesn't say doesn't say a word. Doesn't mention it. And the dad doesn't eat. Like that's the worst part. Is like you just want to hit the dad. Like, <laughs> it's like get your kid under control, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A dick. 
It's like one kid's like writing fart on the wall. Feed your pants. Another kid's squirt guns like Nick Cage's look pants, you know, and like ah, you peed yourself, you peed yourself. Man, little shit. And that you know those those are double wide trailers. Like, you know, they ain't that No, much. dude, and they're just like destroying <laughs> his living room, tipping over his tables and like just beating the shit out of his house. But Nick Cage Good old H.I. McDonough. He's he just tries to make everybody happy. That's a good dude. That's a real Friends good dude just, right there. Oh, that whole couple because of the wife when they sit down yeah, at the picnic again, table. Yeah. It, yeah. And she's just chit chatting away. Dot. Yeah. Francis McDonough just keeps talking away. Um, you got one of the kids <laughs> who has a missing eye, like picks up some like jello and throws God. it at H.I. So how do you know? Like, can you get your kid under control? Can you get? Yeah, I and I've seen kids act like that. I don't think I was ever at that point. No, we had parents that wouldn't let us be like that at other people's houses. I, but I believe this is reality. I've seen these fucking kids. <laughs> I work in retail. I've seen these kids out in public. Yeah, uh, good point. Good point. Uh, <laughs> Often. Well, after a good old lunch. H.I. is having kind of a bit of a breakdown over not knowing how to provide for the family. He has to get life insurance because Dot is pressuring him. And there, Glenn and H.I. are walking in the desert. And then Glenn starts yeah, kind of Yeah, he starts weird. talking about <laughs> their marriage. And he's asking about the kid and stuff like that. And he's like, you think she's attractive? Or you think she's... Yeah, he's... Dude, he is creepy. Yeah, he can... He looks at him and was like, hey, I know uh, Dot, she, uh, my wife, she, she thinks, you know, you're pretty sexy. And <laughs> Nick Cage is blushing, oh, shucks. And then, like, you know, and I, I find Ed really attractive. And he starts, yeah, talking about. And he's like you know, insinuating. Swinging. And, and you're, you're like, like what okay. The fuck? <laughs> and then uh, finally, like, swinging sex, son. So Nick Cage uh, doesn't like that because Glenn has crossed the line. Nick Cage socks Glenn in the face. Glenn is also Nick Cage's boss, which I just found that out during the scene. I think that's when you find <laughs> it out. I think you don't know who these people yeah. are necessarily because he's like, we're having some nice... Because you'd never see his boss when he first gets the job. And so they yeah. never mention him. And I think that's the first... And that's what they're they're setting it up so you don't... It's just his friend or whatever. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And then his friend's like... Oh yeah, you want to be swingers, and he knocks him out, and then it's like, oh, it's my body. You're like, oh shit, shit's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then after uh, Glenn gets punched in the face, Ugh. he gets up and runs right into a, a sakura palm tree. I thought, or it's a cactus. But either or a way, tree. He, he I don't know. That looks like hard. it hurts like hell. It was a palm tree. He eats it pretty hard. But that sets up for this next scene because now Hi is having this breakdown. He just punched his boss in the face. He's trying to figure out how to support a kid. That, you know, he just adopted. Yeah. But kidnapped. But it's never ever like... They're never worried. That's the best part, too. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, we got one kid. Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> so, he's driving. Ed's giving him an earful. They need huggies. They need diapers for little Junior, who they haven't... We didn't bring that up, and we're going to bring that up now. When Francis McDonald goes with Holly Hunter to go look at the baby, Dot... Francis, ask Ed, what's the baby's name? She says, oh, we should name him High Junior. We should call him Junior. Other side, when Glenn is with Nicolas Cage, 
He responds with the same question. It's Ed <laughs> Jr. Like, yeah, but Ed's a girl. No, they didn't think anything out Edward. of this plan. <laughs> so already, they didn't really plan this out at all. It was like the least thought out. Like, if you're going to kidnap a baby, you would think they would have thought a little bit ahead. It's just ignorance. It's so It's so funny. I like it. I love how it. How are you going to explain that you were never pregnant and all of a sudden you have a child? Like, How are you going to do that? No, it's just like we kidnapped him. We're good. Don't worry about anything else. <laughs> Rips one off the uh, shelf. So after, during uh, Nicolas Cage's breakdown, he pulls up to convenience store, walks in, puts a stocking over his face, <laughs> and the way it's shot, yeah, Take these rips some and huggies the off the shelf, get. wakes up the convenience store, like a pimply face, like braces wearing employee. Pick <laughs> it up, buddy. I'm taking these huggies and everything you got in the drawer. <laughs> Which afterwards ensues one of the greatest chase scenes I have ever seen, and this that was just kid pops up with a shotgun. <laughs> no, he po- yeah, he's the one. He pops up with like the the Colt like forty five or oh yeah, Magnum. <laughs> Starts blasting away. The cops are shooting on him automatically. Well, Ed see Ed's in the car, so she sees him robbing. And she's like, well, "Screw this! You said you're gonna take it straight." So she leaves him, and now he's getting out of the store with his huggies. With this kid blasting at him, cops come just guns. I love as the cops just come guns blazing from like yeah, come blazing. down the street. And they just boom, 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 boom. They're already shooting. Yeah, but you never once see like Nick Cage yeah. like freak out. Like his face Slow. never shows fear. He knows that it's just <laughs> it's just all right. Here we go. Here before. We know how to. We, we're used to this. Yeah, it's awesome. And that's that's a great scene. And it, it's funny. The best part is capped off too when he goes to the grocery store. He's got dogs chasing him, cops chasing him. <laughs> he's uh, he's got his wife chasing him, and he's going through the grocery store, and like all of a sudden, like all the women are in like hair curlers because it's apparently late at night. Grabs another deal of huggies, and then the clerk in that grocery store yeah. pulls <laughs> a double barrel shotgun and just starts firing too. It's such just a guns blazing like. <laughs> Yeah, no regard of anybody in the store. I love it. The lady's just running around screaming when she plows into the cop and just get just like just plows him over and just takes him out. It, it's it's like an animated series. It's a live it's action. So comical. Series. It's so over the top. <laughs> it reminds me of like Police Academy or something like that. As far as like just just way too much, but it's great. But then it grounds itself. It completely grounds itself after it gets ridiculous. That's when it comes back down. <laughs> and I like. And then the next scene is as before they get back home after they escape the cops. You got Gail and Evel sitting on the couch, beers everywhere, yeah. and they're watching like opera. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. But That's I thought a it was cool too. This is definitely he, whenever the clerk ends up shooting the huggies out of his hand, they end up coming back because he tries to steal huggies again in the grocery store. If you notice, he tried to steal huggies again, like they're all shooting. Yeah, and he yeah, and he throws it at and the, they car. Get in the car and he's like, <laughs> and he's like shit, and he's like getting yelled at or whatever, and he's like still they scoop by and he scoops up the huggies. <laughs> That whole scene, that whole part is just amazing. <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I mean, for being from the 80s, like, well, as old as it is, it, it ages quite well. Yeah. 
It ages well. It most definitely. Because I can, I can remember a, like a good portion of that time period. Well, you can you think know? about it too. Is like at like least no country. Yeah. like older movies that were set in that era. Like you still. Like that's how I see, watch the movie. Yeah. Like, okay, if it's made today, it's like it's a movie based in the '80s. Like it feels so perfect for the era and like everything about it. But the comedy style. Yeah. After uh, Ed and uh, H.I. get home, Ed immediately tells John Goodman and William Forsythe that they need to leave that night. Of course, you know John Goodman is giving H.I. shit about it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not not John Goodman's best character, but like I as like I remember this character. This guy's pretty. This is all right. But it's pretty like he's a good <laughs> just criminal like and. <laughs> but uh, Gail, he's a uh, he's there for a reason. He wants Hi's help in robbing the bank. Yeah, him and his brother got a got a heist plan to rob banks and be set for. They're gonna rob they banks until they can retire. They get killed. Or they get caught. And H.I. sees no other hope, but might as well do it because he needs the money. So he writes a goodbye letter to uh, Ed, his wife, which was kind of funny because nobody, he's still there the next morning. Yeah. Nobody he, reads it and never really comes back. Just up, this really just long really goodbye stupid. letter. You're going to be better off without me. I'm just a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this baby that we stole. <laughs> Golly, what a terrible person. <laughs> Golly. Uh, well, Leonard Smalls, the bounty hunter, has finally tracked the brothers down, but he also finds out that they have a baby, one of the Arizona babies. So he goes back to Nathan, Arizona, and basically says, hey, I'm going to find your kid. And you find out that this bounty hunter has superpowers because he catches a fly midair, and then before... I guess he calls the cops or whatever. He disappears. He's like, cha cha cha. <laughs> yeah, well, because he's sitting at the beginning. He's looking at it. He's like, this flies in here. I doubt there is because the windows are sealed. And then he's just in front of his face. just snatches that fly like Mr. Miyagi style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to know what those yeah, cigars are. Funny. Yeah, and then when he like runs away, he leaves the trail of smoke from the cigar. They're like brown papered, like. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, that's like I want no filters. You know, that's the that that's the man version of like a no. black and mild. <laughs> no filter, no tip. <laughs> the brothers wake him up in the morning. All of a sudden, there's a knock at the door. They're ready to roll. John Goodman. And William Forsyth have shotguns, and they're just they're ready to go rob banks. The knock at the door all of a sudden kind of gives them a bit of spook, a scare, but it's just Glenn, because Glenn, who is in a neck brace and he's fucked up, <laughs> knows that the baby that Nicolas Cage has is the Arizona baby. baby, and instead of it's turning so him in, so he now, wants the baby because it's weird because the bounty hunter. So the bounty hunter's after the baby, and the bounty hunter. The creepy <laughs> thing is, he keeps talking about the kid and gives so him like weird. he's like, if you don't give me fifty thousand dollars, I'll get market price for him. Like he's just gonna go sell the baby on the black market if he doesn't get what he wants. And now Glenn wants this baby because now Glenn. 
I, yeah. that's so weird that there's like no we're gonna take it, your baby like we don't care that it's a stolen baby now at this point we're just gonna take your baby it carries to such a weird but it, it's it's just the weird characters the weird setups it's just but it, what's so that's how i that's why i like coen brothers movies because these characters are so over the top in a way they're so over the top dumb, like <laughs> dumb that it's like i can see that happening but it's it's like, oh, what's the yeah. w- that's the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah, and they do it so well. Because there's other people who do overtop characters, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're just acting like a screwball. So, Glenn takes but off. But up says, there yelling. But he's up there yelling, and then H.S. trying to keep him quiet, because his buddies are inside, and his buddies don't know about the baby either. Yeah. And he's trying to keep him quiet. Yeah. He's like, shut up, dude. Just sh- shut up. <laughs> but he goes in there and uh, basically they're going to take the kid. Yeah, now the they know there's money on the kid. the kid. So now... <laughs> yeah. Now a fight ensues, which was a pretty good fight. He's uh, He goes to hit him and he scrapes his hands on the ceiling. <laughs> on the ceiling sheet rock. And I've done double that. <laughs> you know we've had those ceilings. You've done that before too. It hurts like hell. <laughs> <laughs> those popcorn ceilings. The stupid popcorn ceiling. Scrapes right up against it. But in the end, John Goodman wins the little tussle and fight. And the brothers have kidnapped the baby after they tie Nicolas Cage up. But John Goodman comes in after the house is a mess to take the Dr. Spock baby book. (laughs) You need the manual. It's such a weird like thing that they do to the movie. It's a little weird thing. And, like, this book is, like, taking a hit at this point. <laughs> well, the two brothers have uh, taken off. They've kidnapped the child. But as soon as Ed gets home, she's frozen, staring off into the distance, while uh, H.I. is like, no, I messed up. Profusely apologetic. And he Dude. keeps loading up with guns. <laughs> Three guns in his pants. How many guns did he have? <laughs> then he puts the first one in. Then he puts one in the back. And then when he's talking, he puts the third one in front again. He, and like every time he goes out of his screenshot, no, it's his funny too. Like, it's so damn why funny. Would, they're all six shooters. Like I don't think he owns. <laughs> they're all six shooters. Yeah, you're right. I should. I should have listened. I've done. <laughs> oh, oh. That's and so then when funny. he cocks the shotgun, yeah, his hair is all fucking peacock and crazy. <laughs> um. So the two brothers, they're they're enjoying. The Evel is uh, the one they you know, bounce him on the, his leg or whatever, and uh, they pull up to a convenience store because they also need huggies. And it's pretty funny because he asked the old man, who's the convenience store, I guess you know, clerk. <laughs> it's like, how do you change these diapers? Pretty self-explanatory, son. And then he robs them, but says, "Get on the floor." And count to eight hundred twenty-five. Shopping for the balloons. It blowing blowing the funny yeah. shapes. <laughs> no, it's not. Unless you think rounds a funny shape. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everybody gets in the car. John Goodman asks, oh, "You got balloons? Do they blow up in funny shapes?" <laughs> like they're just so dopey. Like they're hardened criminals. But so the balloons blow up into funny shapes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he tells the clerk to count to 825 or he'll, he'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> but uh, Make sure he's counting. Yeah, and he says, once you get 
Yeah, no, yeah. he says count down count, and they count, count up back to up. 825 and they count down to <laughs> one. <laughs> so when he they put the baby on top of the car and then get in the car and take off with the baby still on the hood. And as the clerk is counting, they <gasps> freak out because they found out the yeah, baby's really on top was. of the hood. Screaming their ass off. Whip around. <laughs> ah! <laughs> the clerk gets Why, up no, no. and like... That bullshit. He ain't coming back. He gets and looks back up to and sees him screaming. Twenty-two. <laughs> ah, like, oh shit! Uh, I'm, I'm surprised you'd never see it. I'm glad. I'm glad you got to see it. Oh, it's a movie you hadn't good, seen before. Good scene. Good scene. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah. This again. This was my first time, and it. For a while there, I was like, okay, is this is bad. Because it was pretty slow until that first chase scene through the like the convenience store and grocery store. And they're like, this is like, I'm invested more at that point. And then we they keep rolling through the punches at that point, too. Uh, they go back. Brothers go back. Get the baby. And uh, after that, we cut to a conversation. A dialogue between H.I. and Ed as they admit that they were bad for this baby. They got to give it back and that they should think about getting a divorce. And Ed's back in her cop uniform. And Ed is wearing her cop uniform. She's not a cop anymore. I thought that was... That was interesting. But notice where Ed is driving. That she's driving. And Nicolas Cage is in the passenger seat. And this is all like... Okay, so the brothers go in... And they're about to rob rob the bank, the Hayseed Bank. And they go in there. There's a bunch of poor people <laughs> waiting to cash their checks. They say, freeze, everybody. Now get on the floor. And nobody moves. <laughs> well, what do you want us to do, Must son? Freeze or drop? Freeze or get on the floor. <laughs> I can't do both. <laughs> because apparently it's like they do what they're told in this town. <laughs> Where are the tellers? So they all... <laughs> We're on the floor, sir. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and then Evel, Evel calls his brother by his name. Like, Don't call me by my code name. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're using code names. <laughs> uh, they're so, uh, so dumb. They're so dumb. Uh, so they load. It was great. And as they load up the bag, the tellers are loading up the bag full of money. While Evel's being just looking off in the distance, checking everything out, he doesn't see that the teller puts in a grenade type. Well, it's like a, it looks like a rocket. I've never seen anything like it. It was obviously not what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, like a little ink bomb, but <laughs> big bombs, huge. Puts it in the bag. The brothers have felt like they're escaping. Yeah, they did it. But they also found out that they left the baby on the hood again, or <laughs> not in the car again. <laughs> And once they realize that, the ink bomb blows up <laughs> all over the car. Comically blows up all oh, over the car. Great. And it's just rolling with the punches. And then that's when you see the car pull up. And all of a sudden, at that same time, that Ed, are having the conver- Ed and HR are having the conversation about a divorce, they run into them. And now HI is driving the car. And that is a continuing error I found out on IMBD. Continuity errors? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Them things. Sometimes you get a dry mouth, man. Huh. I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah. 
But after uh, H.I., they run into the brothers. Hold they on. open the car doors. Thought. Thought. Is it a continuity error, or is it H.I.'s memory being different? Because this is a story from H.I. H.I. is telling you a story about his past, this movie. And so it, is it a continuity error, or is he... You. you know what I mean? Like, you could see it that way, too. Yeah. Like a misremembrance. Yeah. I don't know, just I thought. I don't want to run the movie. Yeah. <laughs> just thought. No, no, we'll, we'll keep rolling with that. I mean... I have an idea for something later. <laughs> they find out the baby's not with them. The baby's again in the street. But before, you know, uh, H.I. and Ed take off to go get the baby. Yeah, they grab the baby. They grab the Dr. Spock, Dr. Spock baby book that's now covered in the ink bomb. <laughs> they make sure they grab it. I didn't, when they pull just, it off. It's so funny they do that. They're going from one in the street. The bounty yeah. hunter is now coming from the other street. It's the a street. bad motherfucker, but dude. But he appears in a ball of fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Ed is like, you see that? And he's like, I thought I wasn't seeing that either. <laughs> I don't know. It was just whatever the fuck he said. <laughs> and then Leonard Smalls drives right by the car, puts two black shotgun blasts, blows the like windshield out of Ed and H.I.'s car. And then throws a grenade in it after he catches the baby and puts it on his back. Dude, he's, the way he does that is so slick. He grabs it, puts it on the front, just drives by, checks a nade in their car, like. Oh, yeah. And then they just, ah, boom. (laughs) Fight scene ensues after the car blows up. It was a pretty corny fight scene. I mean, if you watch the movie, it's great. Because uh, after Ed grabs the baby... (laughs) Leonard Smalls is like chasing Holly Hunter through the bank and <laughs> he runs. Yeah. He's riding down the alley and all of a sudden, you know, Nicholas Cage smacks him with like a two by four. <laughs> I mean, it's corny. Like it was like, this movie is just all over the place. It's kind of campy. Like the fight seems a little campy, yeah, it, but it works. I, it, yeah. It all it, works it, in it works this, movie. this movie. Good fight. It's pretty funny. I, I like it because then Nick starts getting the crap beat out of him. And like he starts getting his ass beat by the dude. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a good ending because it's like, the dude's beating the but crap the, out of yeah. him. And he's just flailing around and just so happens to, like, pull a, nade, pull a grenade pin out. Yeah. But in that fight scene, you see when he, like, pulled his, like, pulls the vest down on Randall T. Cobb. And then yeah, they he happens them. to have the same Woody Woodpecker tattoo on his chest. They share the same deal. He's in prison. Which leads same to my... Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So that's your version. I think it was just his evil side coming out. Think that's what it's supposed to be? Because <laughs> he defeated him by pulling the pin grenade. He defeated his evil. He no longer needs Devral convenience stores. And I read that somewhere online. I was like, okay, that's a that, pretty yeah, that was pretty good. At. Because yeah. after that, he didn't. Well, like <clears throat> supposedly the dream sequence. Yeah. I don't know. The other one was that it was like his dad, and I was like, nah, I don't think that's his dad. But someone was like, yeah, it's like a cousin or relative because he said in the very beginning of the movie, he comes from a long line of like outlaws. Yeah. And he was just happened to be part of his family. He was like a cousin or something like that. Eh. I guess. But (laughs) his cousin. Those are theories. I enjoy I enjoy both of them. I don't know. (laughs) This this is when the movie starts wrapping it up. Good old uh, Ed and H.I. return the baby. Yeah. And get and caught Nathan's in the not act even that. doing it. 
He's not even upset. Like, I don't think he gives a shit about his kids. He's upset. I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's like, weird. you can, they're bad parents. <laughs> well, because at be the me. beginning, when they're like making all that noise, they're both just sitting there. <laughs> it's like, well, you'd be concerned about your kid if, like, okay, they're supposed to be in bed yeah. and they're babies. Why are they making it? Like, I'd have gone through a hell of a lot quicker and a lot more concerned than the mom did. Yeah. So they're just. He's totally cool with it. And he gives them, like, like they tell him, like, yeah, I think we're going to get divorced. And he's like, no, don't do that. You know, he's a hell of a salesman. <laughs> so I know when I want some furniture, I go to Unpainted Arizona, Eric. That is 3648 Tempe, Arizona Road, Unpainted Arizona. That's an ad spot. But yeah, he gives them hey, a little piece of advice. And this, you kind of forget that this all took place within like a 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, period. this is a pretty, because they get the baby. Yeah. They steal the baby, the brothers come, they stay the night. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe one more night, and then like that's when they get kicked out. That's when all this. They stay the night. There's two nights. Yeah, it's like a 48 hour yeah, period. It's like yeah. really quick. So HI, yeah, after they, they're going to sleep on it. They're going to take a sleep on if they're going to get divorced. But in the meantime, uh, basically, HI narrates his dream, which probably is what the end of the story is. The <laughs> brothers, Gail, Neville, yeah, they just to prison after a horrible bank robbery attempt. They just go back to the same hole and just tell their way back into prison. I love how they get <laughs> they get to decide that. <laughs> <laughs> he imagines uh, Nathan Jr., the baby they stole, uh, his future as he becomes like a star athlete. Glenn spends the rest of his life trying to convince like everyone that Nicolas Cage can't yeah. have a baby. <laughs> and then gets a ticket for telling another Polak joke, but it was supposed to be a Polish joke. <laughs> Even though they were told you know they couldn't have kids. It is possible because H.I. dreams that their uh, their kids can, and their grandkids come and visit them in the future. Happy ending. I gotta say, I've seen depre- more depressing endings from a Cohen Brothers movie. But... You want to? You want me to make it a depressing ending for you? I'd go for it. So, yeah. in the dream, if you notice throughout the movie, mm-hmm. okay, High and Ed have a pretty large weight, like height difference. Like there's pretty like Nicholas Cage. Yeah, she's compared tiny. To, comparatively she's to her, tall. pretty tall. At the end, yeah. when he's going through his dream yeah. sequence, and he talks about his wife. When the kids come in, they say "Dad." They never say "Hi, Mom." They never acknowledge her. And then at the end, when they're hugging, they're, she's only at his shoulder. So it's another woman that he's with. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't end up with Ed. They get divorced. And his life continues with, and that's how they have kids. It's not Ed that he's with, that he has kids with. It's another woman. And that's why okay, okay. in the dream state, he never, she never, they never, they never acknowledge her. Yeah. And it's another woman. And that's how he has this big family after Ed. Okay. I see where this is going. I got what you're saying, Eric. So this, yet again, is another autobiographical. <laughs> autobiographical? <So. laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is an autobiographical film based on Nicolas Cage's life because he is yet again married to another yeah. woman. <laughs> it's just it's preemptive. That's just at that time period during his first marriage he just was um 
He was a hillbilly then. It's <laughs> <laughs> not ruining it. It's just another way to look at it. Which way is it? Is it the happy story or is it Okay. The... It is. Wow. Eric, I love asking these questions. But, uh, sequel, prequel, reboot, spinoff, what would you do with it? What would you do with a franchise? How would you make this do a franchise? How would you... Uh, could you reboot it with somebody? I don't know if you could redo the movie with... Like, not in the same tone. So it would just be a different movie. So you couldn't reboot it. A prequel would be pretty good. I think you could prequel it with a with, uh, Nicolas Cage. And, like, his growth. Like, more of the, the what happened what happened before. And the, how he knows those brothers and, like, the prison life and stuff like that. Like, how all that... Yeah. You tell the prison side of what happened the event. Like something happened with him and the brothers in prison and like he okay. tells the story of I, Well, you see it's completely possible to do anything nowadays like that. Because you know what? Arnold is like seventy five years I old. I know, dude. He's still nuts. thrown in Terminator movies and he looks younger in each one. So we don't need we we don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger to yeah, be I mean, in an Arnold Schwarzenegger. They literally movie. can see just do it they can get anybody house. to beat him. <laughs> Like he never has to walk out again. That's all we need to do for the Nick Cage like prequel to happen. That's all. All I'm saying. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna go with sequel. Sequel. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> I've been thinking about this since I watched this movie. I've gone into great detail and I've annoyed the shit out of somebody because I am. Th- I've thought a lot about this. Now, this movie, to me, is this the final decision. Mm-hmm. The biker, Leonard Smalls, is not is not a relative. He's a manifestation of Nicolas Cage's dark side. Mm. But this is because we're in Marvel is in multiverse right now. We are bringing in Tobey Maguire with Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield. OK, with all their villains coming into the universe. That's what's going on. Okay? Well, it is Rhino coming back? Is who? Paul Giamatti is Rhino. Is he coming There's back? a rumor. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I don't don't quote me. I, I, I don't know any <laughs> intel at all. Fucking Marvel snipe me or some shit. <laughs> We're in multiverse now. Okay? okay? Now, we have an opportunity here. The Coen brothers have an opportunity here. And I don't know how they're going to do it because it's... They probably can't. I just want them to sell it to someone who knows what the fuck they're doing with this franchise. <sighs> Eric. <laughs> it has to take place inside the Raising Arizona universe. Nicholas Cage, in his dreams, in his older life, manifests more versions of himself. And this is the opportunity to bring multiple Nick Cage characters into a fucking movie. You're bringing in, like, you know, the face-off version. He gets brought into the universe, but, you know, he's the bad guy, I guess, you know? You know, ah! <laughs> You're bringing in the Ghost Rider. He's fucking riding in, you know? And he's like, ah, you know, says some fucking pun, or like, I'm hot, or something. <laughs> but this is your opportunity to bring all your favorite Nicolas Cage's. The family man gets in there. Ah, oh, I miss my make-believe family that I dream about. One Christmas night. You get to bring him in. You bring the the, the Lord of War dude to sells himself. guns to the face-off <coughs> bad guy. 
Caster Troy. There you go. Do it. Yeah. He gets to sell the guns to himself and is up to. <laughs> that's when Benjamin Gates comes in and him and H.I. McDonough. What are they going to do? Solve the multiverse problem of the Nick Cages. It's- Boom. You know, it would sell out. It would sell fucking out. I haven't. Well, he's got to go I on a treasure hunt first. Storyline. I can only assume it's like, oh yeah, we just we gotta That's kill Caster <laughs> Troy or some bullshit by bringing in John Travolta. See, yeah, you get to bring in some of those characters too. Oh, I forgot. Okay, oh, yeah. well, that's why they bring in uh, you know, the magician dude. What was it? That Disney movie they did. That fucking shit. He's the one. He's the one that starts. Sorcerer's it. Apprentice. There you go. That's why he comes in. That's why he there comes in because he's got to take him <laughs> on the journey. But first, they have to. Well, what was I talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's a sorcerer. He's the one. They have to go. They gotta go find him. But in order to get that, they gotta get the like the Nicholas Cage multiverse. Uh, yeah, bracelets. <laughs> I'm onto something, and you know I am. It's a great idea. The Nicholas Cage multiverse. I, you know, I'll just sell that idea. Well, he's right already in there. He's already doing a version of himself coming up. So, there you go. How much? It's possible. I want to say that's. Uh, I'm just. Didn't I think they're John Malkovich? I think it's like being John Malkovich was a movie. I never saw it, but I think the trailer was John Cusack goes inside John Malkovich for some reason. And there's like a whole bunch of versions of John like Malkovich. You could do that a but, door, and you could go into the door, and you would go into his mind, and you could be John Malkovich. And, but it would, you were John Malkovich because you lived as yeah. him in the world, and so it was like you have to be famous. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that, but with Nicolas Cage movie characters that are already represented. That way, you get every sequel imaginable. You get the Face Off sequel. You get you get the Weatherman sequel. I think the Rock sequel. The weather, the Wicker Man, the the Rock, the Rock sequel. You get to relive every one of your favorite characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you get his version. That's a way that you can please DC fans too, because then you get his version of Superman. That's how you bring that movie back. Boom! Ah, I'm his screen test. I, that's how you bring that movie back, and you get it directed by Tim Burton. You get it directed by fucking Tim Burton. That's the only because Tim Burton movies suck these days. <laughs> just you can bring him back. <laughs> just just Tim calling Burton. it. Just calling. No, it. I want to see him not Shyamalan direct. Ah. Oh, no. So there's a twist at the end. <laughs> yeah, just it's a twist. <laughs> yeah, Coen Brothers don't even, dude. You could totally do it. They didn't they make a, I think it was like Jesus or something like that from Big Lebowski. They totally made a yeah. sequel, but the Coen Brothers had like guess nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's that's what I. Yeah, it's no, it's but, based on Jesus, yeah. but it says like it's basically yeah. just based no, on the character Jesus. because the. Yeah. The dude that played him liked it and wanted to do it so bad that he basically like begged them to do it, and they were like, "You can do it, isn't? I mean, yeah, whatever." And so he did it on his own, basically. Yeah, yeah. So that's okay. Nobody I mean, that's what Jesus. I want. That right there. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sold. Uh, Eric, what do you rate it? I. This is probably one of my favorite favorite older movies by far because it ages really well. Yeah. Like it's I don't know, like watching it it doesn't feel old per se. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a. I'll give it a four and a half huggies back. Uh, I okay. I've never seen this movie. This is the first time. I enjoyed it's it. A nice gym I enjoyed from it the a past. lot. I enjoyed it a lot. It's a nice gym from the past. Yeah, and it's like I've I've kind of like I've seen some white trash family members who kind of live like that in a way. So it's like, yeah, I I believe it. It's believable. It's a Coen Brothers movie. I'm going to give it a solid. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just had it too. <laughs> solid. Eight. Doctor Spot. Ba- Doctor Spock Spock baby, baby books. <laughs> Doctor Spock baby book. It gets an eight. Eight out of ten. I like it. I like it. I, it's one that like if I'm bored, I'm definitely it's like, yeah, I'll play that one. Yeah, I'm for it. Ah. Alright, Eric. I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up right there. Uh let's uh what 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 are we watching next week, Eric? I'm gonna watch Renegades. Starring Kiefer Sutherland and Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh. I look forward to that episode. Another eighties. <laughs> never we've never I've never seen it. You've never seen it. I've never seen it, and I'm going to it looks horrible. The movie poster alone I'm had me going sold. To love it. I I am there. <laughs> Alright, well. Uh, 